Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back in the doghouse here on an Overreaction Monday on the Believe Podcast Network. Yes, you're back, and so am I. I apologize for being out almost entirely last week after filing the report. I uh, filed it Sunday night for Monday release. Um, let's just say that things took a dramatic turn for the worse with uh, your boy's health. The end result was a two trips to the emergency room, one which left me there for most of five days, and a lot of staring at the ceiling time, wondering, A, how many tubes, plugs, wires, and uh, outlets can be plugged into one human body, especially this one? And B, where do they come up with some of these hospital diet ideas? And boy, do I mean diet. Weirdly enough, I gained weight. <laughs> what does that say? Okay, enough of my personal issues. If you hear me pause or cough a few times, it's the lingering stuff. Got a recoil in the mouth. You may hear that clattering. There you go. And a jug of water to keep me going as well. But you want to talk about Bulldog Sports, or maybe you want to yell about Bulldog Sports because, again, this is Overreaction Monday, and goodness knows is there a lot to overreact to. Now, when we titled this the first time, it was with a a little sense of humor in that fans and media, and I'll claim guilt too, quite often um, take too strong a stance one way or the other, whatever a team or a program does, good, bad, even indifferent. We have to come out with these strong final decisive attitudes even if it's just the first couple of weeks of a season and there's so much of the year left to play and things are still developing we've got to give you an absolute here's the answer here's the problem here's the solution well we know some of the problems right now with mississippi state baseball because the bulldogs sit six and six after 12 games a place nobody impossibly envisioned they would be um All of us understood there would be some issues putting an offensive order together because you had to mix and match, figure your best defensive lineup, maybe take some chances there, and uh, just let the offense take care of itself. Well, now the pitching has its own issues. And let's just get to the straight bullet point story of the day, which we don't have the answer to because as we record this, we're still waiting, as are you, I'm sure, for the results on Landon Sims' MRI. Our own Steve Robertson was in Tulane covering, and he had that Saturday snapshot of Sims standing around the batting cage laughing and joking with the team, which means nothing. Okay, we wish it means something. We wish Whitney is in a good mood and feeling good about the rest of his season. But when uh, you hear the dreaded word pop involving a pitcher's arm, whether it's elbow, shoulder, you name it, the panic buttons start going off. And especially when you're talking about a pitcher of the raw, still raw. And yes, he's only a season and a half into his real varsity career, ability of a Landon Sims. So we're waiting for that result because what we're told by the doctors is going to determine, at the very least, the course of the next few weeks well into SEC season, and quite possibly, and in the worst case, what State has to do during the rest of the regular season. Hoping for the best. Praying for the best. I don't care what denomination you are or aren't. Get down on the knees or light some sage or do whatever it takes. Try to, you know, will Landon Sims to have a good elbow that he can come back this season. Because if he doesn't, State's got problems. Now, they already have problems. I just heard somebody yell back at me. What are you talking about? We already have problems. Yes, the Bulldogs already have problems. Let's amplify that by the potential loss of the best pitcher on the staff. I was looking through some numbers, and 
you know, there are those who are going to question the wisdom of moving Sims to a starter. Well, he wanted to, and the staff wanted to give him that chance. Here's what he's done in the three games. He struck out 27 batters in 15.2 innings, two walks. Pretty good. You, do you realize that is almost exactly the same rate as a closer last year? 100 strikeouts in 56.1 innings with 15 walks. The difference this year so far has been the batting average against. Teams have been hitting him some, whether it's cheap hits, the occasional guess-right home run. But that's just what happens to a starter. And he was working very well at night. Face it, he struck out 10 of the 11 guys he faced. You can't ask for better from your starter, except don't get hurt, and that's impossible. So... We'll be watching social media all day today, and I'll certainly have my Keurig cranked up and running constantly. I think I'll start out with Cafe Bustello. The word is more encouraging, hopefully, but let's just hope that uh, 22 season is not over for number 23. And in case any wonder or don't know already, yes, he has already turned 21 years old back in January. So say he's done for the season, this his last pitch as a Bulldog could have been thrown in New Orleans, Louisiana, instead of Starkville, Mississippi, or Omaha, Nebraska. That's another reason we desperately wanted to be healthy for the good of this team and for him, because who doesn't love watching Landon Sims take the mound, starting, relieving, whatever it is? The guy is just a phenomenon to watch, and you want to see him have a great season here. And Mississippi State needs a great season from him. So what if he's not available? Well, what will Scott Foxhall do? And we can't even talk about long-term at this point because there are five games coming up this week. This is where the early season, cramming five into uh, six days, can come back to bite you sometimes. A state wants to play the games, obviously, but they expect to get out there and at least win their share of them or more. And that hasn't happened. And now you're playing a very good Texas Tech team before you host Princeton. All right. Who out there has already just thought, hey, figure out whatever arms you have for the weekend and save them. Put your best available guys out there against Texas Tech to go against the Red Raiders. Normally, I would sit there and say, well, that's just, a, that's just your pride talking. Well, there's more than pride to it. State needs wins, but state now needs quality wins. Losses to Northern Kentucky and Long Beach State are not going to bode well through the rest of the season in the RPI terms. The state needs to beat good teams. They had a chance to do that with Southern Miss and came up short. Tulane is a pretty good opponent, and they're sitting there in the sixth inning with a 10-2 lead and can't finish the game off. You know, Chris Salonis has talked several times about this team digging itself into a hole. He's always referred to the game in that context, but now he might as well say the season because as far as – Looking way down the road postseason, you've already got six losses on this record. They're not good losses at this point. You've got to get some good wins out there and start piling up fast. So what do you do with Texas Tech? Do you come with, with uh, say, Fristo on, uh, on Tuesday night? He didn't throw this weekend. He certainly got experience as a starter. You've got to have a good arm on the mound out there. And since you're playing Princeton, who I know absolutely nothing about except their colors, and that uh, you probably have to have a higher ACT than I did to get into school. No big deal there. Um, you just, in, every instinct is patch together what you can in Biloxi 
and do everything humanly possible to win those games above and beyond, even if it kind of throws you off kilter for the weekend. Because I, I should never say this about baseball, so I'm about to say it. Because baseball, nothing is, un, is predictable. Everything is always possible. But you feel like if you can't take care of a Princeton team with whatever you have down the line in your pitching, then you've got bigger issues to start with. So go for the gold against Texas Tech and just try to make it happen. But again, that's just me. And Chris Lamonis will have more to say about the subject, obviously, when they take off for Biloxi this weekend. Still, the stress is there. You know, and as a pitching, Lamonis made the comment, next man up is the attitude. Now, I'm trying not to read too much into that as his almost, you know, conceding that uh, the first guy is not available. He's he's not come out and said it, so let's wait till Monday afternoon, hope maybe late morning, and find out. But there are enough pitchers on this team to get the job done, even this past weekend. How many situations did State get up there, say, after the fifth inning on Saturday and all through the rest of the series? With, and they would get ahead on the count, get in a good positive pitching situation, and just not finish somebody off. Yes, I, I agree. Stone Simmons should have been left in on Saturday to finish the deal. But, be honest, because I try to be honest as well. How many of you thought, you know what, we've still got a lead on them. Yes, they're coming back, but we feel like we'll, we'll still take care of it. We've got some guys in the bullpen. If we save Simmons, just hold him to one inning, you know, clinch the series, then you can come back and go for the sweep tomorrow because he'll be available. Is that called getting greedy? Well, sometimes it is. But I can't argue against it if that's what Scott Vauxhall and Lamonis were thinking about. So now in retrospect, of course, they would stay. Lamonis had mentioned that he's got to coach better. But remember, pitching decisions are made by Vauxhall with Lamonis' approval and input, of course. So it's, it's, it's a no-win situation unless you win, as the saying goes. Oh, by the way, something, talk about wins, is a totally trivial fact. Remember last year's Diamond Dogs en route to the national championship were 7-2 and two in rubber games? And that includes the uh, season opening series out at Texas where they played three different teams. Well, now they're 1-1. One and one. And make whatever of that you may will, but uh, State's already lost a couple of series, scratched out one series with a rubber game, and taken a bad midweek loss to an in-state rival. At least they think they're an in-state rival. You know, they don't have it to the trophy. We do. We'll see how that goes. Pitching. Do you, and as far as the weekend goes again, now let's start looking beyond the Princeton series at that point. It, there's some, if Sims is unavailable, we're, we're operating from that vantage point. Those are easier decisions to make in, in the way that you can just simply slide Preston Smith up first, Cade Smith second, or invert it, whichever we feel better with. Presto is a, is a, a guy who's thrown on SEC Saturdays, uh, Sundays before, so he's a fellow that you feel like you slot in the rotation. I don't know what's happened to Casey Hunt. Maybe there's some kind of issue going on that we're not aware of, but he hasn't thrown since opening weekend uh, in, uh, on any other of the weekends here, but he's got to be available there. You, there, there are people out there. The problem also is that some of the guys they were counting on to shut it down. Cam Tuller has struggled. Um, he, good, 
That may be, to me, the biggest surprise of the weekend, how he just couldn't finish people off there in the last innings of a game because we know he's got the stuff. Something just didn't click in these series. Maybe it was the outgoing wind. Maybe he was feeling the pressure, as is every member on the team, according to Lamonis. You can't blame him for that. But we know Tuller's better than that, and we know several other arms there are better than that. There are a couple of guys you may think, oh, all right, it's probably time for that experiment to end, except maybe midweek games against um, you know, SWAC teams or things like that. <laughs> I say that, and State barely scratched out a win over a SWAC team already. Oh, what an early season this is in. So let's talk, too, about the offense. Yes, State outscored Tulane for the weekend. That means darn nothing because you didn't seal off the game on Saturday. And you didn't score enough with plenty, plenty, plenty of Sunday opportunities to push more than one run, sometimes just a single run across the board, and keep the pressure on the home team. State had one lead in the game and gave it up on a bulk. Now, I trust Ron Polk's judgment, and he didn't really protest the call a whole lot. But still, a bulk ties it up. And, of course, remember Saturday – the big play was a sacrifice fly, which went way back to the wall, and Drew McGowan had a tough play to make. Then to get any kind of physical momentum to throw the ball forward, had to take a couple of steps. Tulane gambled and just sent two guys. Scored two runs. A better relay throw, I'm not going to say probably, but quite possibly would have got the second runner and kept it, kept State in, in front there. Ifs, ifs, ifs in that regard. There are things that just happen to go wrong for this team at the wrong times as well. Let's never overlook that in baseball is either. Just things are just happening. But that's, a, as Lamona said, that's the first time he's ever seen a two-run sack fly. Um, the bulk. And then while pitches scoring runs as well from good pitchers. It's bound to have a coach just driving himself crazy because the guys are trying to make plays. In fact, as Lamonis has said, and he said it before this season, they're trying too hard. Why? Well, part of it is they want to win for themselves, part of it for the uniform. Does it have anything to do with how many of the guys uh, played on a national championship team who have been through the NCAA role and they expect the same of themselves this year? I don't know. Only they know that. It's not really fair to ask them that, although I'm sure myself and my media peers will at some point. Lamonis's key comment to me from the weekend was simply this. He said he's concerned about this team Because when games get tight, we get tight. Now, I don't know if he's including coaches in that, but certainly the players, whether it's pitchers, batters, even defenders to some extent, get tight. And that's that's understandable under a lot of circumstances when you're wearing the M over S and the expectations are high. You know you're supposed to beat this team, and you know you should have won the series already, and now you've got to come out and take care of it because otherwise you come home 500. But what bothers about it is that there are plenty of guys in this team who are wearing championship rings. They've been through this drill. They went through the ups and downs in the middle of last season. You remember those, don't you? When State was losing early season games and thinking, okay, they may make, they may host a regional. No chance they host a super. They'll never make it back to Omaha. Let's just uh, see what's going to happen with them. Well, the team matured and developed. A lot of that had to do with the alpha dog leadership they had on the mound and at the plate. That's gone. You can't ask guys on this roster to be the guys who are gone. You can only ask them to be the best they are themselves. And 
there are enough guys here who can be that best and win ball games for Mississippi State, yes, even in SEC season. So let's just go ahead and, and say it. This is the ugliest fact from the weekend. It doesn't mean anything officially, but boy, is it weighing on a few Bulldog minds right now. The program, not the team, and there's a big difference, the program which finished first in the nation to end 2021, now to begin 2022, has what would be the last place record in the Southeastern Conference. That's an awkward fact, and there's no getting around it. They, the dogs don't deny it. They understand it. Maybe they don't see it quite the same light as uh, a lot of us who are already trying to, I say a lot of us, maybe it's still just a few. I hope it's just a few who uh, you know, the ultra overreaction types who are already writing off the season and deciding they want to do something else in June. Don't do it. Uh, if I ever have to remind anybody of anything, does 2018 ring any bells out there? At the same time, Lamonis made it clear he has an urgent edge in his voice when he talked after the game. When he talked about his concern for being tight and the guys who've done it before and are playing tight. And then he comes back with, but I'm also excited because I know we've got a good ball club. If the coach says they have a good ball club, Chris Lamonis is typical of a coach in a lot of ways, but coach speech is not something he is very fond of or waste much time with, his own or ours. If he believes this is the good ball club, as the makings of a good ball club, take his word for it. Now, they've got to get out and prove it, and it's going to be a tough midweek with Texas Tech. So hopefully they can at least get down there and be very competitive against the Red Raiders. I expect a pretty good cloud in Biloxi as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I won't be able to make it down there and see what Steve's plans are. He covered the series in Tulane this past weekend because we've got issues going on elsewhere in Bulldog country that may break loose this week as well. It's time to turn to basketball very briefly. We'll talk more about them as we get closer to the SEC tournament when Mississippi State plays this Wednesday against South Carolina. State 17-14 overall, finished 8-10 SEC, under 500, and they're a 10 seed. So, what, and by the way, one SEC road win on the whole season. So that's put State in a situation where and they're going to have to pull off the impossible to make the NCAA tournament. So let's not even worry about that. Although Ben Howland isn't forgetting it. His quote post-game was he told this team that the last time Mississippi State won this tournament, it was in Tampa. We just have to believe in ourselves because it's a new season. Well, He's right in a lot of senses, but until the the Bulldogs, baseball still in my mind, until the Bulldogs show they can close out games themselves on the hardwood, it's going to be the same old season, and it will be a short season. South Carolina, state split regular season, dominated them in Starkville, and then played what Howland frankly said was their worst game of the season in Columbia. South Carolina will take the cues from that. They're going to run a lot of zone defenses, they would do that normally. That's their style. But when you've got a team that has only made two three-point baskets in the past four games, i.e. the Bulldogs, you'd be insane not to throw up a zone and dare the dogs. Go ahead, shoot over us. Sh- shoot us out of the zone if you can. Until then, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to try to keep Tolu Smith under control inside. We're going to chase Garrison Brooks around. We'll keep an eye on Iverson Molinar on the drive. And y'all can throw up threes and see what happens. 
And related to that, Howland came out and said that he's told Iverson he's got to pull up and take wide open outside jumpers, whether it's three-pointers or long twos. Iverson is a spectacular player in so many ways, and it will be a grave injustice if Monday afternoon he is not named the Bailey Howell Award winner, which would be the third under Howland's management here at Mississippi State, by the way. If anybody but Iverson Molinar wins the the, uh, Howell Trophy, then uh, the trophy's not worth the medal it's made out of. One man's opinion. But Iverson has also, of late, gotten so addicted to the drive rather than the jump shot, and he's missing some of those shots. Not only that, he's taking a lot of contact. And Howland, he said something really interesting, too, that he may play Iverson fewer minutes in the first half against South Carolina, even though he'll have had, what, four days to get ready for the game. A very interesting comment because... You're going to take your best player off the court in a game you absolutely have to win if you're going to have any remote prayers of extending your season. Iffy, but uh, that's why he's the head coach. As far as the outside shooting, well, State's going to have a regular practice on Monday and then Tuesday, nothing but shooting. No practices. They're just going to sit there and shoot. Well, stand there and shoot. Maybe if they sat and shot, they'd be better off. Oh, forget I said that. But he said, these guys... the, the problem there, too, is that State has shot very well in practices by all accounts. So, Allen was asked about that, and he said, you've just got to believe in yourself when the lights come on. Yes, you've got to be better on the drives, you've got to have a better inside shooting percentage, and you've got to cut down the turnovers. But the Bulldogs are going to extend their season past Thursday. Then they've just got to come out and make some three-point baskets against the Gamecocks. <clears throat> you, you know, I mentioned... Digging holes, like Lamona said, well, here's a Bulldog team that really knows how to use a shovel. They've made some great comebacks. The Auburn game, goodness knows, roaring all the way back to uh, come within overtime, one shot. Think about it. They're one shot from beating Auburn, one shot from beating Kentucky. What would that have done to this year's SEC standings and probably incidentally tournament seedings? But they didn't do it because the shots didn't go down. So, State's got plenty of character, plenty of heart. Now they've got a chance to play, to play a team that they can beat. Get ready for what comes next. Got to take his balls there. And what comes next after the Bulldogs at the end of the season? Well, by all expectations, there'll be a coaching change. We've got the hot board going on jeanspage.com. Steve Robertson and Mike Nemeth are taking care of it. Excuse me again. Your pardon again. I've never heard of hyperinflated lungs, but apparently that's what the uh, chest x-ray showed last week. Whatever. So, coaching change. It's all but expected Howland will be finishing up this weekend in Tampa to take his bow out. Now, whether it's called a resignation, a retirement, whatever, that's up to him and Mississippi State. Then we start looking. Well, no, we don't start looking for the next coach. I am utterly convinced that John Cohen and the administration, the people close to him who are in charge of such things, have already been looking into the potential candidates for the next coach. Some of the more popular names you can just go ahead and rule out because of uh, iffy NCAA track records and lingering FBI investigations. Yes, that still matters. Although you'll sit there and say, well, what about, never mind, I know all too well about those two SEC schools you're going to talk about, and it grates my hide as well. Doesn't matter. That's going to be the helpful factor in the Mississippi State's candidacy pool. But at some point this week, it's going to be over seven seasons done. Ben Howland, who, by the way, started the season 27th in active coaches' career wins, will uh, 
head back to the coast to enjoy himself in Mississippi State. We'll find a new coach and plug it in. The uh, coaching search for women's basketball is going on as well. And hopefully soon that will be taken care of. Now, as far as the recruiting signing day, is it for a couple more weeks in the second period? <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. I just, this is yuck. Um, but that's not quite the urgency because most players have signed in November. The real urgency is who stays and who goes, depending on the new coach. And you want to settle that as fast as you can because it'll still be half a semester or less. Spring break is coming up quickly. And you want those kids to come back, meet their new coach, and figure out, do I stay, do I go, does this fit, or do I just give it a chance? And that applies to the men as well as the women. Anyway, before I start hacking even more into this mic, very expensive mic, I might add, it's probably time I shut it down and let y'all mull over all the stuff I've said or tried to say and wheezed out. Oh, goodness. And we'll be doing an updated doghouse uh, probably after uh, Wednesday's games with the Texas Tech. An update. We'll know some pitching plans for the Princeton series and talk about the matchup with South Carolina in the SEC tournament on Thursday. Until then, you're back in the doghouse, and I'm darn glad myself to be back in the doghouse, even at far less from 100%. But, hey, I give 100% on this show because it's for you, the Bulldog fan. Yeah, can you tell I've been uh, drinking a lot of lemon and honey tea? A lot of sweetness there. Anyway, y'all have fun today. Let's keep an eye on the Bailey Howell Award results and obviously for any results from Landon Sims MRI. Until then, this is David Murray, your host in the doghouse, here on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.